<laughs> Would you like me to start love or do you want to take you it? You go, baby. Well, I'm super excited to be here today on the first episode of Not Too Taboo. <laughs> We're super excited to be here. And um, let's let's get this Not Too Taboo started, Gretchen. <laughs> not Too Taboo. Well, the reason that we named this Not Too Taboo, you guys, is, um, you know, there's a lot of taboo subjects that a lot of people aren't comfortable talking about. And Slade and I have found over the years that um, we just, we really talk about it all with all of our friends and our family. We have this big red couch in our house that we used to have. Uh, we'd have friends come over all the time and sit down with us and they would, um, constantly be asking for advice on everything from relational advice to sex, to kids, to work, family. I mean, it, the, there was no topic that I don't think was really covered. Um, and I think what most people don't know is that Gretchen has a degree in psychology with a minor in children and family studies. She chose not to disclose this actually when we first started dating, because if you're going to be smarter <laughs> than me, I should know up front. I get psychoanalyzed constantly. On the daily. On the daily. Uh -huh. I think this is why literally you can Google this. There is something that pops up about white Oprah. It's true. Uh, but yeah, I, they called I, me the white Oprah when we did WeTV marriage Boot Camp because yeah. I was like asking everybody all these deep questions and everyone's like crying. They're like, why am I crying? Why am I crying? Gretchen made me cry. And then, <laughs> It happens in our everyday life. You know, people come to the house. They go, I don't even know how she got me to talk about it, but I broke down. It really happens it, all the it time. happens all like, the time. Like, I get people to tell me things that they're like, I have never told my closest, nearest, and dearest friends. Or, like, people tell me about them being, like, incarcerated and, like, drug addicts and, like, all stuff. And they're, like, crying. And they're, like, grown men. And they're, like, crying I have our never table. told anybody this ever before. And I'm, like, I don't know. I just asked the questions. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, but I'm authentically interested in what they have to say. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes it so amazing and so powerful. And the truth is, is that when we first started dating, I wasn't this open. Open. Yeah, you know, I had to go through a, a period of time where I didn't want to talk. I wanted to shut down or marinate because I did the guy thing. Mm -hmm. um, now she got me talking and can't shut me up. And I think this plays a little bit into the success of our relationship as a couple because there isn't anything that's, you know, too taboo to discuss or that we're afraid to kind of get out into the open and have an honest and true conversation about. And I think that plays a lot into, you know, why we've been together so long. And it's mm -hmm. such a fun, open and loving relationship because we don't sweep stuff under the rug. Well, and not only that, but what's really exciting for us is that we finally feel like we get to have all of you know the real us. And I think that, you know, not the made-for-TV version of what, you know, the networks do for ratings and all that stuff. And I think that a lot of people miss that, you know, there's so much more to us than what those little, you know, eight minutes a week showed of us and the most salacious parts and also really sometimes the made up parts of what they would, you know, do for TV. And I, I, I think what I want to do with this first episode with you guys is I just really want to address a lot of the stuff over the years. I think it's going to be kind of fun. I have uh, some articles that we pulled up here of all of the ridiculous accusations and things that have been said about us over the years. And again, I really want you guys to get to know the real us um, and know, you know, and us just address this stuff head on because I mean, constantly, I feel like every week we are in the press with some new salacious, crazy thing. And, you know, it gets frustrating. So I, I'm excited that we have this place to, um, to share with you guys, the fans and our friends and the audience about what's really happening. Here's the first thing that we should clear up. Yeah. We are no longer on the show. Yeah, right? Exactly. And I think it's important to clear that up because <laughs> we left the show now almost seven years ago. All right. The truth of the matter is, is that this show, uh, The Real Housewives of Orange County, was syndicated in season two. Mm -hmm. um, it, it went into distribution worldwide 
It's in 144 countries, uh, seen by more than 500 million people, and it continues to re-air. It's in reruns. It's dubbed in other languages, you know, and it's become this this massive phenomenon. Bravo um, and, and The Real Housewives have really brought us up, mostly you up, in every season since you've left, yeah. whether it's one episode it's or three episodes, but somehow there's been an archival clip, something's come up, they've still made some sort of an accusation. And the reason I bring this up is because people should know we're not on the show. Well, no, people but, think we are. They think we're no, still part but, of the show. <laughs> some people actually do come up and go, oh, that, and like acting like we're still part they of go, the you're show. They go, you're not there. But, um, but here's the truth. I think that what's funny is that, you know, I see all these articles, like I'm looking at this right now, of Tamara Judge claps back at Gretchen Rossi for celebrating her exit from Rock, which is just so hilarious to me because here's the thing. We weren't even talking about her in that video. We were talking about the guy who was found guilty of stalking and harassing me, who I have a half a million dollar judgment against. And I'm also not sure how she deducted that we were talking about her. Because she makes everything about her. But we didn't even reference her name, nor did we say anything about Real Housewives, production, or Bravo. It just continues to show how narcissistic this woman is and how she thinks everything is always about her. Newsflash, Tamara, we don't sit around thinking or talking about you. Well, and the funny part was, is that we said God had blessed us by crushing evil. So if for some reason Tamara wants to associate herself with evil, that's on her. She said it. We didn't. Good point. Um, You know, the other thing that I find interesting about her is she's tried to create the narrative for years that Slade and I won't stop talking about her. I mean, just recently on Jeff Lewis's show, babe, I don't know if you know this. But just recently, I, I heard this. I heard, I heard about this. Show, she referenced that all we do is talk about her, which just cracks me up because if you look at my social media for the last six years, literally, I haven't talked about her. I haven't said one thing about the show. I don't even talk about the show anymore. And on my social media, I'm talking about being a mom, an entrepreneur, a friend, you know, all the projects we have. I do, I'm not even referencing her ever. So the fact that she keeps saying that drives me nuts. But here's the deal, Tamara. I'll make a truce with you, okay? When you stop telling lies about us, we will stop telling the truth about you. Nice. (laughs) You see, every time you bring me up in the press or on the show, expect me to respond because I'm not a wallflower and I will not allow you to bully me like you have all your cast members for years. Yeah, it's so true. And I have a question. In light of the recent news regarding Simon and the fact that he has this cancer diagnosis, which is awful, um... I'm not quite sure why Tamara believes going on a media tour regarding his diagnosis is a a get out of jail free card. Why is that going to wash away all the cruel and evil things that she's done to us, as well as so many other people that were on the Real Housewives cast? It didn't stop her from attacking me uh, when my son was diagnosed with brain cancer and calling me a deadbeat dad. Right. And ironically, a year later, she was the one that was called a monster mom. Yeah, by, by her own press. kid. And her own daughter spoke out against her and refused to even have a relationship with her. So it's it's interesting that she has so much to say about you. And she said so much about me. Exactly. D- again, it didn't stop her from attacking you when Jeff was diagnosed with leukemia and so sad that he passed. But no remorse whatsoever in her willingness to attack and make accusations publicly when people are dealing with some of the darkest times of their lives. So I'm sure that you all can understand why it's difficult to believe that suddenly she's figured out what's important in life and expects you all to now feel sorry for her when she showed absolutely no empathy for others who are going through having family members who are diagnosed with cancer. However, I will say, you guys, 
Sometimes it takes a big wake-up call like this to make someone see the light. So all we can hope for is that despite the way she treated us during some of the most difficult and darkest times in our lives, that possibly maybe this has caused her to take some pause and maybe eat a piece of humble pie, a eat big piece. the whole piece, pie, the giant piece. <laughs> and have some self-reflection about how she treated others. You know what's interesting though, babe, what? if you think about it? You know, everything she's going through right now, all the lawsuits that have cost her hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because of her big mouth. And she no longer has her Bravo paycheck and now has a family member who's diagnosed with cancer. Isn't it interesting? Because doesn't it sound very sim similar to exactly what we had going on in our lives when yeah. she kept trying to hurt us? It's, and, it's super ironic, isn't it? And, tear and, us you, down. and she can't keep her story straight. You know, in one minute she's claiming she was fired, the next minute she says she quit. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, every, every, week. every week she's out doing more media, more press, and she's, she's contradicting herself with every article that's out there. I know. It's so true. You know, one other thing I do want to point out, though, don't you find it hilarious that everyone else in the world can have an opinion about her constant shenanigans and the Real Housewives content, but God forbid the two people. People who, who dealt with her actually for actually were on the show with her and have firsthand experience with her conniving and manipulating ways actually have an opinion. Yeah. I mean, it, isn't it's, that- It's a little ridiculous because obviously we know better than anyone about the evil things that she would do behind the scenes and the manipulation. So, you know, I guess to wrap this up, we wish Simon the best yeah. and we're so sad to hear about his diagnosis. And and to your point, I'm I'm just hoping that this is the one thing that is that wake up call. There's a bit of self-reflection. Yeah, and you know, no matter how much she's treated us, you know, poorly during those times, you know, we're choosing to rise above. We wish them the best and we will pray that Simon has a full recovery and that just possibly this health scare can help heal that broken family. Yeah, amen. that a lot of you guys ask me, I get, I get this all the time, is, you know, we saw in the press all the news about, oh, Gretchen Slater broke. But so here's the deal. Um, there was a lot of press out there that said Slater and I are going broke. We um, were losing the house. Uh, the house was going to, to up to auction, all this. Okay, so let's just set the record straight. So here's the deal. Uh, I still live in my house. My house didn't go up for auction. It was supposed to go up, I think, August 26 or something like that. I don't know. That's what they claim. Um, and the house never went into auction. I still have my house. We're, we're just fine. Um, but here is the truth. And, and I want you guys to hear it straight from me. When we left Bravo six years ago, that was a very big paycheck for us. I mean, I literally, it was a large paycheck. And like one day, that light switch was, was switched off and we were like, holy hell, that's a lot of money that we don't have coming yeah. in anymore. And this is something people need to realize. So I want you to hold your thought. But what, you, what people seem to forget about is that when you are part of a production that is that size, that becomes your full-time job. There is no way for you to maintain any other business or job on a regular basis because the amount of time that's required to not only film principal photography, then go into post, do edits, do press, do media. And then all of a sudden the show is airing. We had a two-week break. And then we'd start the next season of that show. So it legit becomes your job. Well, it does become a very, a very much a full-time job. But I will say there is ways to have things outside of that. But I will say there's not ways to do it where you're 100% focused on it. I mean, uh, Vicky's talked about that before. Um, you know, many of the women have talked about how it's, it is hard because now you are literally, there's so much time required of you on the show and then trying to maintain a whole separate business, employees, doing all that. It's a lot. It's a lot to manage and figure out. And a lot of people don't realize that being on the show is a full-time job. And a lot of people don't realize it's, it's a year-round job because of the press and everything that goes along with yep. them, the reunions and everything else. So, 
with that said, um, even though I, I had launched my own company, Gretchen Christine International, and it was doing well and all of that, it was still a very large um, amount of money that we no longer had coming in. So yes, was there a moment after the show, um, after we left the show that, that was like, oh my gosh, like, that, that, really? That's a financial hardship. Yeah, that's definitely a moment that you go, holy crap, like, that's a lot of money that's gone. And so we had to work really hard to fi figure out what our next thing was and what we were going to do next and how we were going to uh, make money. And, and, and not only that, um, how we were going to do it at that level. That's the difference. We were still making money, but when you have that large of a paycheck coming in and that's gone, you want to replace that, obviously. So um, with that said, throughout the last, you know, six years or so, Slade and I have worked really hard to grow Gretchen Christine. I posted a few years back how excited I was because uh, we sold the company, or I should say we sold a portion of the company and we had um, a wonderful partner with that. So there's been some amazing, incredible things that have happened to us since then. And um, we've also, uh, our, our co-founders in a CBD company called BioRains that we have been so excited about. Um, and, you know, Slade dabbles in so many different things within entertainment and, you know, with his Grayson Entertainment production company, he has uh, shows that he is uh, producers producer on. So we have a lot of other things going on. The other thing I want you guys to know is that um, I'm a, I'm what they call nowadays a social media influencer. And a lot of people don't realize this, but as a social media influencer, you actually really can make good money doing that. And for me, um, I'm not one of those social media influencers that just sells anything and everything. It's really imperative to me that whatever I am promoting or talking about, I truly use, I authentically use, and it's something that I believe in and that I know that you guys are going to get the benefits from. So um, that is a huge source of income for me as well. And I think a lot of people you know, act like we don't do anything. Like we sit around and eat bonbons and we just like, <laughs> we have a tree out back, I guess, that apparently, you know. Just prints money. Prints money, which is not the case. And we also, um, we're Slade and I are really hard workers. Like we wake up every single day and we're working. And you guys, we have a brand new child. Like, first of all, IVF is not inexpensive. Okay, that was four years. And um, we have a new, brand new baby, which is not inexpensive. <laughs> that can get very costly. So, you know, it's just funny that people want to say that we're broke or this or that. You know what? I don't really care what people think, but I just wanted to clear that up for you guys that that's not what's going on. You know, we're just like you out there working hard every day trying to make things happen. So, you know, we have been through probably a lot more than um, some people at certain age in their life even have to deal with their whole life. So, you know, by age 31, I was uh, had been married. I've been divorced. I was with somebody who uh, was diagnosed with acute leukemia. He passed away. I was on an international television show having to outlive that in the public eye. I was dealing with public scrutiny, false accusations. Slade's son was, um, you know, diagnosed with cancer. I mean, there's just, we've had financial issues. There's so many things, aging parents. I mean, there's so many things that we have been through in our lives that and still um, going through and still going through that all of us out there have <clears throat> mm -hmm. been through but we found that you know by sharing our true authentic self and being raw and real and i found this through my social media in particular slade doesn't do it as much but i do the more raw and real i was and the more um you know open, open and, and the way i just laid it out there the more people would say, thank you so much for sharing your story. You helped me so much. You helped me get through a really dark time. You know, most recently with my postpartum depression, I had so many people reach out to me and say, you literally saved me from that. Like, thank you so much. Because I, I thought to myself, if Gretchen can get through it, I could get through it. And 
I'm so flattered by that sentiment, but it's not about me. It's about all of us out there opening up, sharing our hearts, telling our stories, having that connectivity as a community and letting everyone know that you're not alone and that we can get this through this together. And if we give each other advice and if we share our truths and um, and we're authentic about it, I think it allows us to you know, really come together and, and help us be more relatable and, and help each of us grow as individuals, which yep. is the, the hope and goal of this podcast. Yep. And, and I think we believe too that this is kind of a calling for us to, to be able to share those things because yeah. we've experienced so much. We, uh, we're, we have had such an exciting last, uh, last year having our precious baby girl, Skylar Gray, born. Um, very eventful, very hard. I have been through postpartum depression. Slate has been an incredible partner and um, helping me through all of that and, and being a father to now his third baby. Um, so excited. But, you know, and he loves his boys more than anything in the world. But talk about being a girl dad. Talk about, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you saw the interview about Kobe Bryant and the, you know, the tragic stuff that's been, you know, going on about him and all the things that are being posted about him. But there was this one video that really touched me and Christy Teigen actually reposted it of this reporter talking about Kobe Bryant. Like it's going to bring me to tears right now. Kobe Bryant being so proud of being a girl dad and how much it meant to him and how special it was. And his wife was like, I, you know, I, I want to have another baby with you to give you, you know, your son and give you that legacy, but I'm so afraid of having another girl. And he said, no, don't, don't be like that at all. He's like, I, I would have five more girls if I could. I'm a girl dad. Yeah. And it was just so heartwarming and so touching. And it's like, it, those are the moments that you say, why God? Like, why do you allow these things to happen to, you know, good people and to, you know, a dad that was so dedicated and so there for their child, you yeah. know? It, it is crushing to us. We, we, you know, we didn't really know Kobe personally. Mm -hmm. We would see him, mm -hmm. um, you know, because he's there in Newport Beach. And so we'd see him at Pelican with Vanessa. And and it, I, I, it's, I can't even bring to words how saddened we are about this tragedy and yeah. about the challenges that Vanessa and the family and everyone have to be going through. So it is it is completely heartbroken. I can't even believe how but, much I cried over it. I think that's the part that really surprised, I think, a lot of people across the country and honestly across the world is, is so many people were like, I literally am bawling my eyes over not even knowing this person. And I think it touches in on, you know, the capacity of what it means to be a parent and how like, and, you know, have this partner that you love and have this family unit and for that to be ripped apart so tragically and so, so, you know, horribly. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I read an article about the whole reason that Kobe got a helicopter in the first place was so that he could spend more time with his family. He missed one of his girl's school plays because he was stuck in LA traffic and we know better than anybody LA traffic coming from Orange County and he missed one of their plays. And so that's why he got this yeah, I think helicopter. he said it crushed me to have uh -huh. missed that performance from my daughter. Yeah. And so he made arrangements to get the helicopter and start traveling that way because he didn't want to miss these incredible moments for his kids. Right. And, you know, to your point, there is just something different about being a girl dad. There is. Tell me what. Um, I don't. I don't know how to really explain it. Um, I feel the need to protect her at a level that I didn't feel with the boys. Mm -hmm. I feel a need to really just want to be with her so much. Mm -hmm. Like I think I've told you this. I put her down to sleep at night, mm -hmm. and I miss her. <laughs> he like I remember <laughs> sitting on the couch with her on days where you were maybe working, you're gone, and I I took the baby because we just we've spent the last is it six weeks. 
uh, seven weeks without help, mm-hmm. you know, no nanny. Um, but having that time with her, just one-on-one, and I literally have sat around with her playing and looking at her going, I could be a stay-at-home dad. Like, yeah. I think I could actually do it. And that that kind of leads us into... Um, Wait, uh, real quick, before we yeah. do that, I want to say this too, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I want to say is that at the end of each of our podcasts, I, I really want to... Um, have a question that we ponder on for that week. So whether it be, you know, something as um, simple as, you know, what's draining your energy or when was the last time you truly felt alive or what can I let go of emotionally or physically to make my life better? Questions like that, that really dig deep to make you sit back and think about, um, you know, what's going on in your life. And, and, um, and the goal is, is for that next week for us to be communicating, talking, um, you know, through social. I want you guys to reach out to us. We really want this to be interactive. I want you guys calling in. We want your opinions. Um, I want you to, you know, send me the DMs, send me the, the tweets. And I want you to start telling me how you are growing or how you are learning through the segments that we're doing or what you want to hear, what you guys want to touch on, what you guys are looking to Um, you know, what area you're looking to grow in, because those are the subjects that we want to touch on here. We want this really to be, uh, you know, about you guys and helping all of us together grow. So, and what we're dealing with now, which has just been almost beyond torturous, is- Sleep deprivation. Major sleep deprivation, which we're so excited today to have a sleep expert to really just help us get through that. And any of you out there, I know I have a lot of new mommies, new parents out there that are following us um, that are struggling with that. You definitely want to tune in for this. Um, and or, you know, just anybody that's not a new mommy, anybody that's out there that's struggling with sleep and, you know, needs to learn some new techniques or whatever. That's why- we, uh, we want you to tune in and hear what the good stuff that she has to say. The there is stuff. nothing worse than sleep deprivation. Oh my gosh, is that And I, I actually heard a statistic that said, you can die from lack of sleep before lack of food. Whoa. I know. Yeah. I'm going to be kissing. I'm bringing extra chapstick to kiss up heavily when she's here because <laughs> I'm very excited to learn about it. Because yeah. I mean, I love my daughter, but we are up a lot a in lot. the middle of the night. A lot. I'm so. tired. I actually, I could literally go to sleep right now. But that's <laughs> But I mean, it is interesting because I really do. I get worn out from, you know, having to work and having to do this and having to balance it all. It's like so much. And then on top of it, you guys, not sleeping is literally the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Like having to like be a fully functioning person, working mom and parent and partner, and then try to like do it with no sleep is the worst thing in the world. It is the worst. And I, you know, first off, massive props to joining the mom club. Thanks, man. Because I mean, there should be so much respect for mothers out there and what they go through to have these incredible, precious and beautiful children, you know, uh, on our behalf. It's amazing what what moms do. That's sweet sleep. I do understand too why it is now, and now I get it, you know, why it's so important to have this community of people around to Mm -hmm. help support and help educate. You say it takes a village. It takes a village. And I'm, I'm super excited to invite our next guest to be part of our village yeah because, because we need some help we and need I'm, some help and i'm hoping that she's going to help some of you guys out there that are struggling with sleep whether it be for yourself actually i'm going to ask her about if she can help adults too because <laughs> i i think that some of us as adults have problems sleeping too it's not just the babies out there so yeah. um, we're super excited because we're going to be introducing the certified child and family sleep consultant jenny june i like that name So a lot of people have reached out on social and asked us about how to deal with a newborn sleep schedule. 
<laughs> As you guys know, we are so excited to have certified child and family sleep consultant Jenny June with us today. Hi, love. Hi. Thanks for having me. You thanks guys. for coming in, Jenny. Yeah, we're very pleasure. excited to talk to you. Yeah, I bet. I saw your intake form. It's oh. a shit show up in yeah. there. Let's get it going on. So, <laughs> so we're doing great. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying we have a chance. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of room for improvement here. Oh, I'm excited man. to you know unpack it all for you, but. I'd like to kind of learn from you right yeah. out of the gate, like where you guys feel your biggest challenges are. Because I mean, I can see them. I got a laundry list here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no pressure. But I can, you know, I want to know where you guys feel like you're really like, you know, it's bringing you to your knees. And then also your fantasy sleep scenario. Tell me that as well. Well, that's um, a different story for Slade. But, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, the fantasy, fantasy sleep might involve series other girls. And, you no, can I'm put her kidding. down for us. We'll pick her up when she's 18. No. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I mean, I will tell you, here's the thing. First off, I'm having a freaking blast with our daughter. Like yeah. we, we just love her to death. Um, and I think what's exciting about having you here is it's, it's a little bit about making sure we're doing best by her mm -hmm. as well as us. Um, you know, we've been listening to her cues, mm -hmm. uh, as far as growth goes, weight pediatrician is like, look, I don't know what you guys are doing, but it's working. So, you know, she's she's on track as far as those things. Yeah. What I think we need is some guidance on this transition we're making to solid foods. Mm -hmm. Is she eating enough? Do we have her on a schedule where we are putting her down so she can sleep through the night? Because the truth is, is that she only wakes up if she either has a wet diaper mm -hmm. or she needs some food. Okay. So that was my question, my first question to you guys after looking at what was in the intake form here. Um, you know, you're doing uh, two feedings in the middle of the night, two diaper changes and feedings. Yep. Is she waking up in between those times at all? She's not anymore. Oh, okay. We've gotten to that point now. I mean, it she was, was before. I mean, not going to lie. Like five month mark. Every, okay. every, every couple hours. Every, okay. every hour, honestly, it was bad. Like we yeah. were, we literally were like, we can't survive. Like we, where's the Amazon return button? Like this is not working out for us. <laughs> right? Surrender at the fire yeah. department. Yeah. Yeah. Shame like on it was you. so hard. And it's the worst ever when you cannot sleep. And I know there's a lot of people out there that feel our pain because especially as working parents, like you can't function the next day. Yeah. Like it's miserable. So we, and actually, I think where a little bit of our struggle was, was that mm -hmm. we were kind of teeter-tottering between um, having a schedule and mm -hmm. not having a schedule because there's yeah. so much information out there about what you should do, what you shouldn't do. You're a bad parent. If you force them to do something, you're a good parent. If you do do this and back yes. and forth and so much information. So here's mm -hmm. the one thing I do want to say. I don't think any way that you choose to do is right or wrong. I really mm -hmm. want to preface that because for anybody out there that maybe that this isn't the best way for them. Don't feel like this is what you have to do. I think that it's just interesting to always have different information, to right. always say, okay, well, might this work better for my life? And I think that's what it comes down to for us is like, we decided not to do the like, okay, let her cry it out, which you might tell us this, but let her cry it out because just for us as parents, it was a really hard thing for us to do. Mm -hmm. However, we would love for her to sleep through the night. So for me, one of my biggest questions for you is, is there any way to do that without making them just sit there and cry? Well, <laughs> that's a lot. Please get right Jesus. in there, Gretchen. <laughs> yeah, for, and that's usually the first question I get right out of the gate. Is yeah. there any way we can, you know, have our cake and eat it too with this yeah. thing? You know, how can yeah. we take a human being, um, you know, an autonomous human being, yeah. and change up her current comfort zones right. and her predictable, familiar routines that right. she's had all up until this point, right. um, and and take her out of those and do something totally new without her telling us that she thinks our new sleep rules suck, right? Sorry, right. it's not going to happen. She yeah, is going to. She's going to have some normal, healthy human expressions of her preferences, yeah. and she's going to be like, "Wait, what is that? You don't do this. Like, yeah. what? What's this over here? This is not familiar, and I'm not sure what's coming next. Yeah. And for that's 
with change, all change, even good change, even mm-hmm. for us adults, right. there's a couple of days of temporary struggle involved until yeah, we create sure. some new routines and comfort zones and predictable, familiar responses and mm-hmm. things that we can, you know, look to. We love our comfort zones, even right. if it's a, a negative uh, habit, you right. know, that's why people have a hard time quitting smoking or going to the gym after being sedentary or starting a new diet or whatever, you know. Yeah. So so there's going to be some normal human ex, uh, expressions of, you know, just kind of what is this? So this isn't familiar. crying, <laughs> screaming. Well, that's the only language they have at this yes. point. Yeah. But here's the difference, really. Here's what, you know, people really think that that there's such a method as called cry it, you know, cry it out. Cry it out, cry it right. out is not a method. Um, basically, with any change, babies cry when there's change and they cry when they're tired. But when your guys, you guys have done everything absolutely beautifully and correct up until this point, as you're shifting into the second stage of infancy now, mm-hmm. and her circadian rhythms are fully mature, she can do things now differently with her sleep. Right. And we just need to evolve our care routines and parenting responses to meet and match those evolving, developing needs for sleep and feeding, like you mentioned, Slade. Um, and you know that protocol is going to be a bit of a change. She is tired. Um, her sleep is fragmented with meals in the middle of the night that she no longer biologically needs in order to thrive and survive. She's now able to get that deep, delicious, yummy, slow-wave sleep crack that parents call me to get for themselves, frankly. Mm-hmm. And, Sounds uh, like a melatonin injection to me. Right? <laughs> so if I were to wake you guys up in the middle of the night, you know, come over and wake you up twice in the middle of the night and give you guys a meal and you'd have to sit and digest it or whatever, Yeah. Um, how do you think you'd wake up in the morning? Do you right. think you'd be feeling a little tired yeah. if you were woken up twice to eat in the middle of the night? Yeah. So there's a, a shift that's happening with your child. She's going to start accumulating a sleep debt if she hasn't already. It usually happens at around this point. So you're, you're catching it at the perfect time. A sleep debt? Yeah, sleep a debt. deficit. There's a, deficit. a certain amount of sleep that she has to have. Sleep and deprivation. And waking her up, then she's not getting deep REM-based sleep. So she's well, in deficit. Nobody's waking her up. She's waking up herself. She's like crying. So like she wakes up herself. I'm not going in, baby, wake up because this is fun. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so here's the thing. Once we get <laughs> I mean, like, just to be clear. Can you hear people? our studio audience in the background? I hope so. I know. Because we have an audience and this is amazing. That is awesome. I know. Well, you're right. Like, here's the thing. Once they transition from stage one infancy into stage two, all up until this point, you needed to go in and feed her around the clock and respond on demand. And now we've got to evolve these parenting you know, responses and, mm-hmm. and routines to meet and match her new evolving needs for sleep. Mm-hmm. So right now, as it shifts into that into that new category, into this new area of development, she still thinks she, you know, she's kind of conditioned to think that she needs a meal mm-hmm. in order to relax and get to mm-hmm. sleep. Mm-hmm. That two glass of wine nightcap, basically. Mm-hmm. And and I'm on that and program. when she, <laughs> me too. <laughs> and it, and you know, as she's as she uh, is trying to segue from one sleep cycle to the next, if she fully arouses, she thinks she needs to have bring you guys in yeah. to recreate those same conditions which she relaxed to and fell all the way to sleep to. She has no idea yet that she can connect from, oh crap, I'm awake. I just want to get back to sleep fast with a new routine that's even better and faster than you guys can do it for her. So she really thinks that she needs the meals. It's not that she's hungry. And when when we get whole healthy sleep cycles, we don't feel hunger or teething pain. So now what do you do though? This is is an important question because I know people out there have this. Mm -hmm. What do you do when your pediatrician, you talk to your pediatrician and he says, if she's hungry, you should feed her. She's probably hungry. And on top of it, He's telling us whatever you're doing is working, working because mm-hmm. she's at her ideal weight. She's mm-hmm. at the proper, you know, size. Da da da. She's actually in her 67th percentile of like height. Mm-hmm. And he said, so if anything, she probably might need a little more food because she's a little bit bigger baby. I love that you said that. 
one of the biggest things that parents don't realize, and any you know honest pediatrician will tell you this. Worldwide study was done in 2013, uh, you know, kind of finding out what kind of education pediatricians get in medical school or residency combined, mm-hmm. um, as far as nutrition and feeding and sleep in pediatric sleep. They found out that if they got any at all, the median was two hours total oh, between medical school and residency. Isn't that crazy? And that is a fact. Yeah. So we have generations of myths mm-hmm. and things being handed down. These poor pediatricians, they've don't got- They don't really know. They yeah. don't know. And they've got, and every other parent filtering in and out of their offices all day long, the two biggest concerns are feeding and sleep. Right. And they're just not equipped for that. It's unfair to them. You know, but sometimes they come up with the the three biggies or, well, your baby must not need that much sleep or maybe your baby's hungry or, uh, you know, maybe your baby's teething. And none Mm -hmm. of those things have any evidence-based research to back that up as far as um, being able to disrupt whole healthy sleep cycles. Now, if the child isn't sleeping well, if those sleep cycles are fragmented, which means they're not getting the slow wave sleep, Mm -hmm. um, if sleep is mobile, such as in a car seat or stroller, the brain in motion cannot experience that deep slow wave sleep. And if uh, sleep is being is happening outside of natural biological rhythms, they can't experience that either. The same thing for adults as well. Mm-hmm. And that is what accumulates a sleep debt within 48 hours. And then they go into chronic states of stress. And they're operating in fight or flight for the rest of the 24-hour day. Same thing with adults. And that's yeah, where we start seeing eating problem. issues. Because <laughs> my brain likes to be moving or shaking in order to go to sleep. I'm in constant sleep deprivation. <laughs> We had to buy a special bed just for this guy over here that vibrates. My bed shakes. <laughs> so it's it's true up until this point, up until about six months, that you were doing everything right. So okay. your pediatrician is is on point with that. But moving forward, some things need to evolve because we can't continue to respond to them as if they're in that newborn stage anymore. So and and here's an interesting point, I guess, actually, to support what what Jenny's saying is because, and it's on our intake form. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. Well, <laughs> I filled out the intake form. Um, Skylar's really great about going right back to sleep. I mean, she will feed, you know, maybe taking an ounce or two of her bottle, but the minute that she pushes that out of her mouth and I turn her upside down and pat those little buns. Upside like, down. That sounds like a parent <laughs> endangerment now. <laughs> no, no, no. She sleeps, she sleeps downward dog. I, I mean, that's, right. that's her chosen <laughs> position. So, but it's interesting because she falls right to sleep. So it's not like right. she's struggling to stay asleep or doesn't want to go back to sleep. I mean, you have to admit she goes back to sleep. Yeah, but we easily. do have to get up and go in there and, and you're doing and, the work for ah, her. But do we have to get up and go in there? That's the question. To. No, but that is the question. But here's the thing. This is where Slate and I differ a little bit and where I struggle is that I realize like I do not do well with the crying. I am so one of those parents that like my anxiety level goes through the roof. Like I literally it is like nails on a chalkboard. I, yes, I literally can't. Yes. Like I'm just like there's no reason she should be crying. We can we can help her. She doesn't need to be crying. And I know the babies cry. Like and I get mm-hmm. it. And there's sometimes I'm like really child. Like there's no reason for you to be crying. <laughs> that's a right? fake one. You know, like that's a fakey or whatever. Like I recognize yeah. when she's really crying because she really needs something. Or really you're just like really. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, for God's sake, yeah. our child is eye smiling and winking at this point. Mm-hmm. She's six months old. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, like, she's adorable. Working it. Yeah, but I will say. You know, it's it's heartbreaking to like hear your baby cry. And then like I just we've tried up to 15 minutes and mm-hmm. then I'm like, OK, done. Can't do it. Right. Over it. Like going in. You yeah. Know? And then I'm reading that like you're supposed to, you can wait 45 minutes. I just don't think I could do it. I well, think the biggest. Tell us. Jump, I think I mean, the biggest. Uh, the biggest thing that stands out uh, when it comes to sleep training or, you know, as a new parent, um, we tend to lump tears of temporary struggle when learning a new skill or adapting to a new routine 
versus tears of suffering, which we would immediately respond to, mm -hmm. into the same category mm -hmm. and think that it's all toxic stress. Mm -hmm. And then if we're not making our kid Disneyland happy all the time or if they're crying for a certain amount of minutes, we're going to melt their brain cells, destroy attachment, and end up visiting them in the state penitentiary by the age right. of 12. <laughs> which, right? by the way, there's a so, lot of articles about the whole attachment thing and how it like messes up your child. So, right. Like, I right. mean, it's, it's so, confusing. So there's a lot of interesting narratives out there. A lot of them are very, you know, uh, not well studied and, and thought out. And some of them are quite irresponsible, actually, just just for funsies. I don't know why the heck people don't look at the actual studies and such. But you know, I there's, should ask you though, there's three different categories of stress, and this is considered a positive stress. Okay. And then there's tolerable stress, and then there's toxic stress. And you know, if you look at Harvard Center for the Developing Child.org, you can see right there the difference between those three categories. And sleep training, they do mention as being in the positive stress category. Interesting. So I should I should ask you this. How do you become a sleep consultant and how do why do why do people go like why why do people say okay you are the the know all the person that I should go to like for instance you know versus what their doctors are telling them because right. in our brains we all are like oh if it's a doctor then we're good to go right. so like explain to us what the credentials are behind that or what makes people feel confident in what you're saying is legit well first of all i've got four kids my street cred you yeah, know they're yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah they're in their 20s now and they're all alive and well and so yeah. am i so you know there we go check that off my list <laughs> good. that's actually uh, a very good one to have <laughs> yeah so uh the second thing you know is, is the first opportunity that be, that came available mm -hmm. um to study pediatric sleep hygiene and and sleep training and behavioral methods and all of that uh came to me in 2011 i was one of the first certified in the world and really and um then i went and got a different uh a second certification. One is a more holistic institute and approach, and the other one is more of a kind of uh, medical uh, kind of focus on things. Uh, I was uh, facilitated and, and oversought by um, one of the best uh, pediatricians in pediatric sleep out there, Dr. Mark Weisbluth. Um, mm -hmm. So he oversought all of that. How's it going? That's my, that's yeah. my guy. And so uh, cheer, cheers in right yeah, now. So I've got <laughs> nearly a decade, and you know, I'm also a certified lactation counselor and feeding specialist. And, Pre and, post -natal, uh, pre and postnatal stress management coach, doula, all of it. Um, so I've been doing this doing it for, a while. for about almost 10 years, um, legitimately making a living from it. And yeah. uh, and probably, I, mean, I don't know, well over 4,000 cases at least. Um, yeah. um, and they're all successful if parents can stay on ask. the wagon. Yeah. 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 So the success rates, <laughs> the success rate's really good for you. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. There is no failure if you just, and it's not just some Jenny June method I just pulled out of my rear end. Yeah. You know, it's evidence-based, you know, uh, Googleable science, if you will. Well, that's, you know? that's what I was getting yeah. at. I was getting at like, what makes people feel confident in what you're saying? Like, what what is the, because like, like I said, there's so much information out there. It gets overwhelming. And yeah. you're like, who do you believe? Who do you trust? Who do you, who do you know, know has the true scientific backing to this or right. whatever it is. And that's so. where parents today, I have to just take my hat off and bow to all of you. You guys have it much harder than I had it 25 years ago when I was raising my four kids, when yeah. there was no internet and 500 yeah. different messages telling you that, you know, if you're doing it wrong, yes. you're going to, you know, your kid's going to shoot up a school at 10 yes, years old you know it's literally. like i mean that's some serious and you know, on top of it being public figures and then like yeah, they have access the to you at their fingertips and then they're like you're doing this wrong you're feeding the bottle and you're like for the love of god like i can't do anything exactly right, you know? yeah <laughs> you guys are in the weeds man yeah. so i i take my hat off to you i have huge respect and and i think it's really what uh you know 
I love my job for that reason yeah. because um, I just come at it from a different perspective. You know, I'm I'm just a couple chapters ahead in the same book yeah. you guys are in, and I happen to have some sleep science education under my belt and That's a lot great. of you know focused um, experience in in this area. It's my passion, but I love to get parents in a place where they can start trusting their own instincts again, yeah. like I had the luxury of doing yeah. before the internet came out there. You that's know? a great that's a great thing to say. Parents trusting their own instinct again. Yeah. I think that's a great takeaway. So tell us what you think that we should do. All right. Give us this formula, Jenny, because I'm really tired. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Well, you know, I'm going to give you the full enchilada, you know, the the full consultation and get give you the why behind everything. But bottom line, we're going to definitely need to sync sleep with her natural biological rhythms. At this age, her daytime circadian rhythms are fully mature and we need to, you know, start looking at, um, you know, circadian rhythm um, time frames when she should be sleeping that are really going to be in alignment with what she needs at this stage of development. That's going to make a huge difference. Difference. It's probably going to be your biggest takeaway from this whole thing. Um, uh, so nap timing and, and bed timing, retrieval times, all of that. Uh, the second thing is going to be looking at a different feeding protocol than what's happening. She's starting solid foods now too. Mm -hmm. So we really want to make sure that we're, you know, optimizing all of that, that it's in alignment in, in, you know, what she needs developmentally and also that it helps facilitate well sleep. Mm -hmm. They're very connected at this age, right. you know, so we, we really want to take a multidisciplinary approach and look at, you know, every aspect of her life daily, including when we practice those budding gross motor development skills mm -hmm. that can impact naps if that's done poorly or, you know, if it's done in a different order than, you know, what would really help bring those naps together and lengthen and stretch those. So you're saying it's okay that I stick her on a treadmill prior to nap time? <laughs> kind of. We'll, we'll talk about the order when that comes. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other thing is uh, no mobile sleep. I know that she loves her car seat and her stroller, but the brain in motion cannot achieve that slow wave sleep. So that nap isn't going to be a full, whole healthy sleep cycle. Um, and she, you know, won't have the full restoration she needs to make it to night sleep without being overtired. So we're going to talk me. about that. And she uh, loves her car seat. I know. I know. Well, she's okay. going to love it even more because she's going to be, when you do put her in it, she's going to be well rested and happy and able to enjoy the scenery. And, and So are you actually saying that they shouldn't be sleeping in their car seat at all? Not at this point. Yeah, no. Um, it's not restorative. Uh, and it can actually have a negative impact on naps that you do want her to take once you get home, uh, which then, of course, segues right into poor night sleep. The purpose of naps is to help them sleep well at night so they're not overtired. Everything we're going to be doing moving forward is going to ensure that she has an abundant amount of that powerful sleep hormone melatonin at sleep onset. And when that happens for naps and night sleep, you're going to see her get whole, healthy, restorative sleep cycles, specifically containing that slow wave sleep, which is where our human growth hormone is produced and, and all those benefits that I talked about earlier. So because we are limited on time, are you able to take us through like what we should be doing starting from when she wakes up in the morning to how we get her to bed at night? Absolutely. 24-hour day schedule, yeah. every detail of her that. day. It's going to make a lot of good sense and it's going to simplify your life a whole lot. Yeah. So bottom line, once you guys officially begin, I'm going to come over or if you want to do it virtually, we, whatever works best for you, there's going to be a 90-minute consultation where, where I unpack this protocol, this 24-hour day schedule, okay. feeding schedule, everything is going to be laid out. And then you're going to get it from me in writing in case you're you know, a visual learner mm -hmm. uh, the following like day. Yeah. <laughs> you're, and you're 
you're sleep deprived, maybe so you might only get, uh, you know. <laughs> Can you do a big whiteboard yeah. in our house so that right. it's like just right? And what happens me? if you're just not smart? <laughs> <laughs> so you'll get I'm that cues, color then, code it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then once you're ready to begin it officially, we're gonna um, you're gonna have me on demand between 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. Sorry, not 24 hours. The sleep consultant isn't well rested. Right. Nobody's sleeping. Um, <laughs> 8 a.m. Uh, to 7 p.m. But That's you're going to be able to call me, text me, email me without an appointment on demand. You're, I'm going to evaluate your daily sleep logs uh, every morning that you're going to send. To, you're going to send those to me. I'm going to create those for you and uh, give you some feedback in real time before the new day begins, before any p- potential mistakes are made or, you know, if I see something that could be tightened up or a shift that needs to happen. So it's very customized to Skylar and your family. Uh, that's but that's awesome. going to, that's going to be you, a, about a week long process. But do you feel like just that whole, like, mm-hmm. um, meaning the of implementation, implementation. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So do you feel though that every single day, like the nap happens at the exact time every single day? Um, it, it's going to be looking more like time frames on the clock rather than rather than uh, wake windows that a lot of families are advised to do prior to six months old. Some people don't know that you can't or shouldn't be doing that after six months old when that daytime circadian rhythm is fully mature. It does, it's not effective anymore. We have to go with their circadian rhythms, which are now fully developed. Yeah, I have no clue what you're talking about. Right Sorry. Now. <laughs> a circadian rhythm is you don't your need sleep to. Like rhythm. So <laughs> no, I know that. I'm just talking about, like, I guess I guess, just in very layman's <clears throat> terms, because that was very, like, doctor scientific. talking. Yeah, yeah. Clinical. Clinical, thank you. Um, is, is, you know, in my brain, I'm like, okay, her naps are at 11 a.m., you know, or between mm-hmm. 10.30 and 11.30 a.m., mm-hmm. or between 10.30 and 12. Right. And then her afternoon nap is somewhere between 1.30 to 3 or whatever. Uh, are you the, are, is this program more like, look, when it's time for her nap, mm-hmm. whether she's tired or not, at 11, you put her down in her crib, and she, if she cries, she's in her crib at that time. There are going to be specific time frames on the clock I'm going to give you that she needs for those naps. And there, the reason why we know these time frames is because this is when her core body temperatures naturally drop, and therefore melatonin levels naturally elevate. So to capture that, that's basically circadian rhythm science. You know, we're going to how do you know we're going to line that temperature drops. Like we we, have, we know this. We know this from studies. This is all all children at this age. There's really? a certain time frame. Yeah. See, that's interesting to me. I did yeah. not know that even throughout the day. Even yeah. Even most sleep consultants don't know it. I did a lot of extra CE courses in pediatric sleep hygiene. Crashed a lot of medical uh, conferences over the last ten years. That a lot of people don't get this education. This is yeah. so awesome. But that's because the, I'm scheduling my daily naps around. Oh Lord, here we go. Schedule. <laughs> but that's fascinating right. to me because see, in my brain, uh-huh. I'm like, wait, the only person that would. Really really know that as someone that's with Sky, like taking her temperature and actually looking at so I didn't realize that it's yeah. across the board yep. for all babies. Yep. And even as you know, when I work with adults and seniors, there's certain time frames when that happens for us as well. He's a senior, so yeah. <laughs> I'm a senior and an adult bitch <laughs> right. and give me credit. <laughs> Can you help him? We'll put both of them down for the afternoon nap yeah. Please How about do. That? I encourage yeah. that kind of activity. Especially Slade, because um, you know, these middle of the night wakings that you guys have been attending to, you know, these feedings. Is that you getting up with her in the middle of the night doing oh, that? Oh, is that what he wrote that it was just him? I, I'm is that just what he curious. wrote? Wait, just tell me the truth. Did, did he not, just say I'm just only cur- Slade smiling no, it up? Because I'm about not, to kick your ass, buddy. It does buddy. not say that. <laughs> no, and in all fairness to him, he's pretty amazing. Like, he's it's really It's a new good. club. It is seriously a new club. All my celebrity families that I work with, the dads are doing it. So he's I'm just curious. It. He is doing it a lot of the times. So I, If I'm awake, mm-hmm. I'll do it. But it, if when I go to sleep, if I, the, try and wake me up 
And to get me to actually fully function and actually do right by yeah. the child is like do right by the child. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like hard. Yeah. And I am one of those sleepers. Love it. I actually think I overproduce melatonin and I literally <laughs> I swear to God I do. Swear. And I because I yeah. like do not talk to me. Don't even look at me before 10 a.m. because I just am like I do not I She can't just function. makes noises. Yeah. She yeah. grunts at me yeah. and she tells everyone that her personality shows up at four. I in literally the my my personality like, shows up at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Like <laughs> I just true. I'm so so I, I love it. Morning. So, but my point being is that I, I really do struggle with physically yeah. waking up and then, and then like I'll stick the bottle or, you know, so I, I will do something crazy. And then Slay's like, what happened to the bottle? And I'm like, I don't know. And then like two days later, he'll find it three doors down of her dresser. Like, I, I, right. it, like I can't think straight. But I, but I have to give so. Gretchen mad props that as well, because we've, it just, in, in our relationship, it's easier for me to wake up it is and for easier for me to go back to sleep. So and I think easier. it's because I've had kids and I told her from the very beginning, when our child naps, I nap. Those are the freaking rules. And I can't do, I can't, and she I can't, can't do it. Do it. She, yeah. It's hard for her. She's just not accustomed to it at this point. But my point is, is that when I have gone on a two or three day run of being up with her and then getting up early in the morning with her as well so that she can sleep and get her rest. Cause you know, yeah. she is still filming and working and doing other things that we need mm -hmm. her to do. Um, and I do go off to work sometimes as well based upon my schedule thing. Well, you're gone at work during the day, but, but, but the point being is that the difference between him and I is that he does a lot of his work is not on camera. I have to wake up, try to look pretty, put makeup on, do my hair. Like there's a lot that I do on camera yeah. and or pictures or whatever. So like that's the difference is he can go to work not looking great. You know what I mean? And he <laughs> Thanks, baby. No, but like he can walk <laughs> He's in the low office maintenance. and people aren't yeah. going to judge him on that or yeah. do that. Whereas unfortunately it's part of my job to like have a certain look and have an upkeep. It is. Yeah. So and I was simply going to try and say the fact that when when I need you to do that for me because you know it's been a couple days and I'm just looking wrecked, she gets up. She, she does go make those things happen. I love it. you're a so, team and that's what I and, absolutely and that's what I love about seeing this trend in my work where you know especially when we have um you know fam families who you know mom is 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 you know on a show or you know mm -hmm. something like that's happening and she's got this demand on yeah. her yeah. where she really does need to have her sleep Some rest yeah, yeah. consolidated yeah. sleep at night rather than the and fragmentation the, and this isn't this isn't because I'm truly like vain this is because we have to work to take mm -hmm. care of our family, yeah. and I am, I am just as much of a breadwinner as he is. Yes, and so I have to, I have to take care of that, and I have to make sure that I'm, I'm ready to go, and I'm on point. So if I'm, if I don't have that sleep, it doesn't, doesn't bode well for me. Right. And well, that's and not you, good for my business or my career. Exactly. Right. And you exactly. are the one that's public facing most of the time. Yeah. So she's, you know, that yeah. is important. So yeah, right. And is. well, and the side benefit of this, I don't know if I should tell you this in advance, but it's absolutely going to improve your sleep these four pillars of sleep hygiene that we're going to unpack and lay down as the foundation to all yeah. of this sleep training business. Yeah. This is really going to benefit both of your sleep right. tremendously, not just in the fact that you're not getting up in the middle of the night, right. but it'll start syncing your sleep with your natural biological rhythms as well. Yeah, I was gotcha. going to say, is the stuff that you are teaching about children, is that um, relatable to adults as it well? It absolutely is. And I'm segueing into adult coaching uh, a little more now oh, than congrats. I used to. Awesome. So yeah. I have a great segue so. for you. The fact that it's going to improve our sleep, mm -hmm. you know what happens next. 
Oh, don't say anything about sex. Honey, it improves uh, our sex life. Here, come on, you know that was coming. Oh my God, please don't even. Please, I mean, we have <laughs> yeah. good rest. No, but, well, then you get proper really, attention. But it is true. I got to tell you because, I mean, your sex life goes to shit in a handbag when you first have a baby. Like, oh, yeah. Like, wh- what is that? Like, I, I'm like, wh- when did we have sex life? I don't even know. Oh, Gretchen, you have no idea. Like, what, I, what I roll up on in my cases is absolutely, you know, a lot of families are in the closet. They, yeah, I, I know, it, right? It's I've heard divide and conquer. Too. Dad's sleeping yep. in you know in one room with one yep. kid mom's in the other room with the other yeah you know they don't look yeah. like you know they they know each other anymore let alone yeah. are probably having any good sex you know yeah. going oh, it's on, awful. So. i was so tired the other night i called my own name <laughs> oh my I mean, God. it was, it's, so bad. it's really bad. No, and, and thank God our relationship is not based on sex. And, you know, we've been together for 10 years. So yeah. like, it could we, be though, Gretchen, if our child was picking so out. We got to have, you know, we got to have a very great sex life for many, many years until right. the child come. And we understand that this is a time of sacrifice. Sometimes that happens. It is, yeah. But I, but it is interesting because it really does. It affects like those things in your life that you never thought would affect because when we go to bed at night, we, we I'm just like, if you even put a hand near me, I will kill you, you know? Or, right. Or we're so exhausted that we, he, he and I used to go to bed every single night holding each other, loving on each other, you know, t- touch, he touches some part of my body, I touch some part of his body. Like, we're lucky if we even make it to the bed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just to get, roll ourselves into the bed is like a feat. So, I mean, it's weird. It really does change. Yeah. I mean, having yeah. a newborn changes every aspect of your life and every aspect of your relationship. Yeah. And, and I, I, that's why I'm, I mean, thank you so much for, yeah. for coming in and being there to help us. Oh, you're I'm welcome. so excited to learn about, you know, this system that we're going to implement and I'm even more excited to report back as to the results of of doing this because I really do think it's going to impact and help so many people out there that are probably struggling through the same thing we do and you know we figured this out right in the very beginning because I'm not sure if you're aware right our daughter is an IVF baby yes yes Um, and just the challenges alone thank you of having to go through IVF and and the difficulties and I will never forget being out of, in front of the IVF doctor, seeing these parents come out with the big silver Mylar bag with all the different needles, all the different medications. And even though you've sat down with the, the nurse and she's given you all these explanations, like they come out and they, they have no idea what to do. And we go to classes and we try to refresh ourselves. And I, we think we took every class that Hogue Hospital had available to teach you about the different aspects of becoming parents. Right. And Gretchen's Every like, class. it's a lie. It's all a <laughs> lie. Like what yeah. you need to know is not there. Yeah. So so people like you are so incredibly important in in helping us get through these milestones. And and once your child is starting to, you know, get to the point of six months and getting some sleep and, and helping out. So I'm saying thank you yes. in advance for, yes. for being I'm here to help support us. Yeah, I'm we're, we're, so excited for you. You're gonna be shocked. To yeah. This. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us today. We have certified child and family sleep consultant Ginny June with us, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk to you guys next week about how it goes. Um, the other thing I want to say is that at the end of each of our podcasts, I, I really want to um, have a question that we ponder on for that week. So whether it be you know something as um, simple as, you know, what's draining your energy or when was the last time you truly felt alive or, what can I let go of emotionally or physically to make my life better? Questions like that that really dig deep to make you sit back and think about, um, you know, what's going on in your life. And and um, and the goal is is for that next week for us to be communicating, talking, 
um, you know, through social. I want you guys to reach out to us. We really want this to be interactive. I want you guys calling in. We want your opinions. And I want you to start telling me how you are growing or how you are learning through the segments that we're doing, because those are the subjects that we want to touch on here. We want this really to be uh, you know, about you guys and helping all of us together grow. If everyone out there liked this content, be sure to go down below. You want to subscribe, you want to download, you know, please send us any uh, information regarding topics or things of concern, because this has been not too taboo. <laughs> yes. There's nothing that we're afraid to discuss or talk about on this show. Absolutely. See you guys next time.